Welcome to the Well-Seasoned Librarian Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 5. Today's guest is Miguel Flieger. Miguel Flieger lives in Buenos Aires, Argentina, where he is an IT consultant at a global corporation that shares his initial with HP Lovecraft. Coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. His self-published cookbook, Cooking with Lovecraft, received moderate praise from genre luminaries like S.T. Joshi and William Pugmire. His short stories are featured in Axon Magazine, Circularity Lovecraft, Crypto Cthulhu, Vastarian, and The Ancestors and Decadence, Descendants, sorry, Weird Tales, and Portraits of Terror Anthologies UK. He also contributed a few recipes to the illustrated culinary grimoires Necronomronom, featured on this program before, and the upcoming Lovecraft Cocktails by Mike Slater. He dwells as himself in the Book of Faces and as Cooking with HPL on Twitter. I want to welcome him to this podcast, and I want to say first that I've really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with him, and I really enjoyed his cookbook as well. Cooking with Lovecraft is a unique work where it is not just a straight cookbook. It's got a lot of writing into it, a lot of short stories, a lot of point of view stuff, a lot of commentaries. If you're a fan of the genre of the Lovecraft mythos, which includes other authors as well, I might say, um, then you'll be a fan of this. There's a lot of nods to other writers other than H.P. Lovecraft, and it's a real work of love for fans. Um, And as well, I want to point out as well that it's a unique thing in that the cooking is actually legitimate and the recipes are real. They're not just uh, pasted on stuff with a few odd bits here and there. It's, it's real recipes, so you can actually utilize many of them as I plan on doing. With that being said, and no further ado, I welcome you to the podcast. Hello everybody, I'd like to introduce you all to something that is not only delicious, but also is making an impact. Thrive Coffee is a nonprofit craft coffee roaster who uses coffee to create careers and training opportunities for individuals with disabilities. Thrive Coffee's beans are locally roasted in small batches to ensure the highest quality, and they ship nationwide. Just three bags sold pays for one hour of work for their differently abled employees. So I encourage you to check out their website at drinkthrive.org to buy a few bags today. As an added bonus, if you go to drinkthrive.org and use promo code librarian at checkout, then you will get 15% off on your first order. Again, that is drinkthrive.org, promo code librarian. Let's support this great cause. And just as a little fact, they're based out of Richmond, Virginia. Their slogan is coffee with a mission. Try some today. I'm enjoying some and it's quite delicious. Ah, it's a good cup of joe. Welcome to the Well-Seasoned Librarian. Today my guest is Miguel Fligger, the Cooking with Lovecraft author. I'm very happy to have you here, Miguel. Thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me here. So I wanted to start off with saying I really enjoyed the book quite a bit. Um, it's a really fun cookbook, and I like that you took a departure from it, and not you didn't make it just a typical kind of fan cookbook. You you added kind of your own creative take on it, and many of the chapters 
are have recipes in them, but they have a lot of different content. It's almost like an omnibus, almost like an anthology in its way that it has nothing's kind of uh, the same with every chapter. Some and sometimes in the chapters you have you're writing kind of within the Lovecraft pastiche. And right. then other times you're writing kind of your POV, which is really fun. I like that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, uh, the book came originally from a series of uh, premises that usually by the titles, I, I get I got some some pun related to Lovecraft and to food. And sometimes I had uh, enough uh, content or the, the, the seed of a story there. Uh, and it, I don't have, I didn't have a recipe for that. And sometimes it was the, the other way around. I had a recipe, but uh, couldn't manage to to build a story around. So it's a it's a weird weird mix of of that. Um, it's it's been a while. I think it's uh, four years since I wrote it, and probably did I, I do some things different now, differently now. But uh, I'm I'm happy with it. Well, I, I really, you know, as a fan, a longtime fan of Lovecraft, I think it's really kind of enjoyable. It's like a love letter, I felt like in many ways. And for yeah. fans like me, there's a lot of parts where I can smile because I get mm -hmm. the references. And like yeah. in Uneatable and just like recipes like the Anzik's Kebab. And then <laughs> I really like the recipe, the fried honey chicken, garlic chicken of Tindalos, which isn't just a recipe. There's like bits in there and how to uh, work on the corners and stuff like that. So you can get the uh, mm -hmm. chicken of Tindalos and then the yeah, feast. I, I, I mentioned that in, in the foreword to the book that I wrote myself, uh, that uh, many of the, the recipes had, uh, you know, nuts and wings to, to the fan, to, to the, uh, to the Lovecraft aficionado. Uh, I tried to make it enjoyable for, for the, the people that is not so familiar with Lovecraft, but, uh, it was kind of a bonus. If if you know your Lovecraft, uh, you're going to enjoy some of the things that I I put there, and not just Lovecraft. You know, things reference to how long to Clark Ashton Smith and all, all the people from the Lovecraft circle. I think in many ways, if somebody had not been familiar with that, they could read this and kind of get interested, and then I yeah, can see that seed being planted. Yeah, if you if you read that book and and if you read my book and because of that you become interested in Lovecraft, okay, awesome. So, how did you get introduced to Lovecraft? When did you get introduced to Lovecraft? Uh, I'd I'd say as uh, my late teens. Uh, okay, come from family. Uh, my parents uh, showered me with books. Uh, I started reading from an early age. Uh, but uh, I started, my interests went to uh, Edgar Allan Poe and, and Ray Bradbury and, and Tolkien. Uh, but in my late 70s, uh, I don't know exactly how I discovered, but uh, I started reading the um, uh, Spanish translation. I'm based in Buenos Aires, Argentina. My, my native language is Spanish. Um, I started reading in Spanish uh, the collections from uh, Alianza Editorial the publishing house from, from Spain. Uh, it was the essentially the only translation I could hold, would hold of uh, in Argentina. Uh, and 
yeah, I, it was different to anything I read earlier, except a bit like Poe, right? Because some Lovecraft is, is inspired by Poe. Uh, but it was was such a change, man. What what is what is this? It was it's incredible. Uh, but yeah, I think it's my, my late teens or so. Um, we have very similar uh, interests in uh, fiction, I believe. I think, and looking at your lists and some of your references, I, I find that some many of the we we read many of the same authors, mm -hmm. and I, I do. Uh, I think that a lot of people don't detect the influence of Poe and Lovecraft's writing, but definitely he was a huge devotee of yeah. Poe. Yeah, and their early early works are definitely Poe is, the spirit of Poe is, is there. So how did, when, after being a Lovecraft fan and reading his work, how did he, inf how did he uh, impact your writing? Uh, did, did he have a big impact on it? Uh, I think, yeah, because when I, I started writing late in life, um, I'm 60 now, and I think I started writing uh, 10 years ago. Uh, and I went directly to Lovecraft. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to emulate any, any other author. I, I don't know why. Uh, but I think that the Lovecraft style was, uh, I was uh, comfortable with, with that, uh, with riffing on Lovecraft stories. Or, or, and, and I always... Uh, been kind of a trend, trying to add the the lighter side, you know, trying to add some humor or something that is uh, radically different from from the horror, the pure horror thing in Lovecraft. Uh, I I I don't recall uh, ever writing uh, parodies of uh, or or things related to other authors. Uh, I went kind of naturally into into Lovecraft. So um, I. Look at, looking at your biography, I can see that you've written many short stories. How did you not come so to many, write? Not so many, okay. just a few. Okay, well, you've written, you know, you, you've been published in a few anthologies, and I was wondering, how did you come to write Cooking with Lovecraft? What gave you the idea? Um, yeah, it, it kind of, um, yeah, like, like I said, it was six, six or seven years ago, um, I, I had a, um, I still have a, a couple of books um, from an author named Tim Ferriss. It's an American author from, I think it's from, from your neck in the woods from San Francisco. Oh, yeah. uh, you, you know, you know, Tim? Well, uh, yeah, I'm I mean, a big uh, fan. Uh, my wife, oh, really? uh, my wife turned me on to his um, podcast and oh, uh, YouTube videos and I became really a big fan. I get his weekly uh, Friday five and all that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's a, he's a yeah. hell of a guy. Really, in, very impressed with him. Yeah, um, I I got his books, uh, the four hour books, particularly the the four hour chef and the four hour work week. Uh, very influential on me. Uh, I got the uh, um, I don't know how to express that. Okay, but the four hour chef is uh, is a book that is it's not exactly a cookbook or or. A, it won't teach you to cook, but it gives puts you in the in the in the track, right? In in the right track. If you want to learn to to cook, it this is a great way. Um, learning just the basics and go progressing. It's it's a it's a very nice uh, reading. And the four hour war week is is more comprehensive about okay how you want to you know, live your life work related to work. Um, 
And, and these two things kind of uh, merge into the idea, okay, I, I wanna, want a few things. I want to learn how to probably cook. I want to learn, improve my English, because my English was, was kind of good for, for my, my line of work. I work in IT. Uh, it was it was good enough, but I wanted to improve it even better. Uh, learn to cook, learn to properly write, uh, and also see if I could uh, do the challenge of publishing my own book. And we had Kindle, uh, Amazon Kindle. Um, the technology was was there, was beginning to to flourish. Okay, the, the possibility of, of uh, uh, nobody can publish its own his own book. Okay, that's amazing. Uh, and everything came, kind of came, came together. I started uh, writing some bits of, of things. And like I said, I uh, got ideas for, for titles of uh, books based on, on Lovecraft and puns, or things like that. And another thing, it was another, another book that I, I bought uh, once I was traveling in the United States uh, uh, for work. I travel, I travel a lot. Uh, but a few years ago, I traveled a few, a few times to, to the United States, and and bought in in a in a bookstore. I don't, I don't remember where, but I, I bought a, a book called uh, "Eat What You Want and Die Like a Man" from right. from an old August Steve H. Graham. Um, he's still around in in, in the internet. Uh, but the book is fantastic. I, I wish I, I had it here so I could I could show you the, the cover. Maybe I, I will, will email you a book, uh, a photo of the cover. It's, it's, it's a very politically incorrect book. Um, with um, if, if, uh, he wrote, he was a kind of a pioneer of this thing of uh, weaving recipes in, inside the histories, uh, the parodies, uh, and okay. The, it was a great inspiration. And I stole one of his recipes for my book. I adapted that. Um, but uh, yeah, I started compiling things. I wrote, uh, uh, I, I like to write in, in bars, having a cup of coffee in, in, in a bar and got a couple of notebooks and uh, written by pen. Uh, and I compiled enough material to get something to, to build some structure around it and it, it took a, the, the shape of a book in in a couple, in a year i think okay let's do this i'm glad you did because it's a wonderful book and i really thank you man thank you can't emphasize how much i really have enjoyed it and also you know the the recipes are no joke you have some really good recipes in there and some of them are really fun like the uh i think the one uh trying to remember the uh early on the um the sausage deep ones is kind of fun, and that would be yeah, kind of fun a, to do for your kids. One. Because I, I I mentioned something to to that end in in the foreword. Uh, because there are some Lovecraftian cookbooks that have been before, uh, but we're mostly in the direction of okay, let's do this uh, kind of a spread for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, or directly things that are not edible at all, just uh, recipes for you know something that uh, Eye of Newt and all, yeah. this, all this stuff. Um, but I, I wanted the, the, the recipes to be not, not just edible, but delicious. And, and, yeah. and I had to make, uh, I made them all except a couple of, uh, of recipes that came from France. 
but I made them all. And some of them I, I make them usually. The, well, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to try the uh, honey, the fried honey garlic chicken of Tindalos oh, this, going, this weekend. For a treat. That's a great, that's a group. That, that's, a, that's the one I stole from the, uh, from that book from Steve, Steve Graham. Uh, but I, I put my own touch on that one. Yeah, I mean, this is some really good stuff. And then, like, you know, like the hummus recipe is legit. That's a real good hummus. I mean, I've seen a lot of hummus recipes in my day, and that yours is the real deal. Yeah, it's and then, been, yeah, thank you. But I, I, I improved that one since, yeah. since, that, since those days. Uh, my, my hummus is a favorite from my family and, and my friends. They want, always ask me to, to make it. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, the good takeaway is that a lot of people could really use this and go, you know, I actually want to make this, you know, which is really nice. I think we talked about um, Mike's cookbook, the, uh, the Necronom Nom Nom, he, mm -hmm. he also had really good recipes. And it's really a treat to see that because I have a lot of cookbooks that deal with like TV shows mm -hmm. and movies and stuff like that. And yeah. it's rare that like people write cookbooks with edible stuff in it. Usually it's kind of taught, easily tossed off stuff. It's just recipes they've just added black food coloring to it or something, you know, it's not, yeah. not good, but you guys really write from a place of I think somebody who likes to eat, who wants to make something for somebody who wants likes to eat also yeah yeah that's uh, i i want it to be something that people can get in 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 the kitchen with a book and and use yeah. it for for doing real stuff not just for okay like i said halloween or or some uh, or a gimmick uh okay you you want real food you you got it <laughs> now you're in buenos aires um what is the that's food like there for people that don't know uh well, Buenos Aires is uh, the capital of Argentina. Argentina, very, very large country with many, many different regions, with many different cultures and many different cuisines, uh, regional. Uh, and Buenos Aires is uh, Argentina is a country of immigrants, uh, and the, the cuisine here is you have cuisine for from from every part of the world. Uh, you got it. Uh, the main influence here is uh, Spanish and 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 Italian. I said. Uh, you get great, great pasta and pizza and, and Spanish uh, foods. And the beef, of course, here is one of the beef capitals of the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the staples and, and my place and my, my, my home, it's, uh, yeah, it's beef and, and pasta and pizza and sometimes fish, not, not many. Uh, but you you got uh, you got a bit of everything, and you have many many influences uh, here for uh, from other cultures like uh, Jewish. Uh, I'm particularly I'm I'm Jewish myself, and and I, sometimes we have some of our own specialities. Uh, we also have a lot of Asian influence here. We have uh, Chinese and Japanese and and Thai food. Uh, we have a, a a little for everyone. Nice. Um. I wanted to ask you a question, but I know this is one of those questions that are really difficult. So um, what is your favorite, what are some of your favorite stories by Lovecraft that you really enjoyed? Um, yeah, I have two or three favorites. Uh, my my all-time favorites is, are, are this Shadow of Rainsmouth. Yeah. Uh, because it's uh, the construction, the buildup of the story. Is, uh, it's a masterclass. 
yeah, a I bit totally like that. The, 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 Call of Cthulhu, the Call of Cthulhu, it's, it's, it's sort of like that, but I, I'm partial to the Shadow of Rainsmoth. Uh, and I also am very, very fond of the Nyarlathotep uh, prose poem. And I've, I've used that as inspiration for a couple of stories myself. And, and the other one is uh, the Cats of Ulter. Uh, Cats of Ulter is, uh, I love it. It's, uh, it's very, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I, I think it, I, I wrote something in, in the book uh, as a kind of a foreword to one of the recipes about, uh, I think it was the Gulab Jamun. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, and yeah, the, the Cats of Ultar is kind of a, it's a children's story. So I actually, when my, my sons were, were little, I, I read that one too, <laughs> and they, they liked it. Uh, it. It's a great story. That's, that's the tree I, I like the most. Well, yeah, you bring up a good point because um, I think a lot of people, when they think of Lovecraft, especially people who haven't read him, they think of him as like a one-trick pony, and he tried a lot of different styles. I think right. people don't even know that he wrote a lot of what would be considered science fiction. Like The Walls of Air is definitely a science fiction story, mm -hmm. and a lot of his other stories definitely border on being science fiction. He kind of crossed genres. Yeah, and he, he wrote, uh, I, I won't say great, but good poetry too. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sometimes amazing. The fungi from you got is fantastic for me. It's, it's, there, there are stuff there that wow, it's it's great great poetry, and and yeah, he he went from from the Poe inspired the the macabre the the grotesque you say, uh, and then he found his own voice, and and some of the stories uh, when Lovecraft was at his peak, uh, are fantastic, are fantastic. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now let's return to our program. Whenever I speak to people who are fans of Lovecraft, I always like to get their point of view on the controversy surrounding him. Um, I know that a lot of wow. people are trying to cancel him because they say he was racist. And, and I personally, as a librarian and somebody who is very much anti-censorship, I have some very definite viewpoints on this. What is your point of view on this? Uh, well, uh, as you may guess, uh, I, I have my own beef with Lovecraft being Jewish. Right. Uh, when I when I start reading it, um, I think the when when I read when I read the the Spanish translation, uh, it wasn't so so you know in your face uh, racism. When I, when yeah. I start, I became proficient in English and I started reading the English uh, originals. I said, man, what, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, so, so mad. Um, 
then then I, I wrote the uh, biographies, especially the S.D. Joshi biography, I Am Providence, which is fantastic. It's a monumental work. And okay, you, you can you can accept the, some of the views of this guy who was sort of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the, uh, but you, you can understand where he's coming from, uh, his, his background. Uh, the, some people say, okay, you have to uh, apologize to him. He was a, a, a child of the, his, his times. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, uh, what, what I say is um, in, in my book, I, I try to you know, exercise those demons in a couple of stories. Um, I wrote one of the stories um, uh, as a parody of the, the festival. Uh, I made a Jewish parody of the festival, kind of oh, okay. nice. you know, uh, Lovecraft. You, you, if he reads that, he was spinning on his grave. Uh, <laughs> that kind of an, yeah, like an exorcism, this, this particular demon. Um, I know uh, his... His racism, sorry, his racism was uh, uh, it was a mix of, a mix of intellectual and visceral. Uh, one would like to think, okay, if he had lived now and, and knew more, and uh, he will he would have changed his his views. I don't know. Uh, you can you can you can say that. Uh, you can never guess. No, no. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I try to separate the the author from from his work. Uh, me too. So you're included in quite a few anthologies. Can you tell me the names of some of your stories and what anthologies you're in? Uh, sure. Um, recently, um, okay, like you said, I have a story in Bastarian, the, the literary journal. Um, it's, it's edited by uh, John Padgett and Matt Cardin. It's, it's uh, wonderful, by the way. If nobody, if people haven't read it, it's just worth checking absolutely. out. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Um, and I have a story there called The Solutions. It's a very short, very, <laughs> very fun. It's fun. It's a fun story. It's kind of, I have a, a, a fun edge, uh, but it's really, really or horrible <laughs> some of the uh, some of the most uh, gory stuff that I, I ever wrote but it's also have a, a, a fun edge to that and it's very short uh, that story originally originally wrote it in Spanish and published it uh, in a free Span Spanish magazine and then uh, made the translation into English and, and published in Bastarian um, then I'm a member of uh, the InSmooth Writing Circle. It's a group on Facebook, a close group on Facebook of writers, uh, Lovecraftian writers, um, mostly based on the UK, but there are a couple of people in, in the United States and, and myself. And and uh, admin is uh, Robert Poyton. He has a, a publishing house, publishing press in the UK uh, called InSmooth Gold. Uh, all his stuff people <laughs> oh yeah no I'll, i'm looking i'm writing this down actually okay 
um, and he he has a, a he wrote a, a few stories himself and has a couple of anthologies forever. But uh, since uh, I think three years ago, he started. Uh, okay, let, guys, let's do something together. Let's build a circle and and write stories. And there are three theme, theme anthologies lately, and I have a story on each. Uh, the first one was uh, it's called Ancestors and Descendants. It's uh, an anthology of uh, sequels and prequels to Lovecraftian stories. Oh, like, nice. Uh, so, okay, the, the, the rules are, are simple. You got a favorite story and okay, build, build a prequel or a sequel to that one. And he, he arranged them uh, in, in the story, he, as, as the editor, he arranged them, uh, like it says, chronologically uh, from the earlier stories to... Um, and mine uh, is called the Nyarlathotep of Experience. It's uh, again, uh, I, I, it's, it's a bit of a um, ho horror story with, with a, a funny edge, uh, trying to uh, replicate the, the experience of the Nyarlathotep prose poem by Lovecraft, uh, trying to translate that into a, a park amusement park ride. And it went well. I, I like I like the way the way it it, it and everything. Uh, the second one was was uh, it's called Weird Tales Tales oh, yeah. as, as in a cat tale uh, because it's, a, it's an anthology of uh, cat stories, uh, Lovecraftian cat stories. Lovecraft was very fond of cats, um, and I'm. Very fond of the story that I came up for for that one. It's a it's a sequel to the the Cats of Ulter, uh, with with a couple of kids uh, kids as uh, protagonist, and I, I like it's it's kind of a poignant story. And and the last one is uh, an anthology called Portraits of Terror. <clears throat> Portraits of Terror, uh, and it's Lovecraft in the arts. So for that one. Uh, and my, my friend Mike Slater, the, the author of the Necronomnum, uh, and I collaborated for the first time uh, and wrote something together. Uh, it's a story called In the Shadow of Aldebaran. Uh, it blends uh, Lovecraftian cosmic horror and death metal music. Nice, nice. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's my, the most recent stuff that I've been uh, I don't recall if I, I'm missing something. Uh, yeah, uh, other thing that I, I do besides of writing is translating. Uh, yeah. I translate a couple of things uh, into Spanish, um, especially uh, I'm, I'm very proud of uh, having translated a poem by, by Willem Pogmeier. Um, Willem Pogmeier, for you know, your listeners, uh, uh, was, uh, was a Lovecraftian, was was a truly Lovecraftian writer, uh, very original voice. Um, he was from Seattle. Uh, Tried to look him up. Um, he passed away, uh, I think it's a year and a half. Uh, it was devastating. And his work is very original. It's, uh, it's, uh, his prose was, uh, was a sort of blend into from Lovecraft and and Lord Byron and <laughs> other stuff was uh, grotesque and queer and yeah, it's it's something you you don't read that uh, every day. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm a fan of his. I read his stuff before. Yeah, it's he was fantastic, 
And he wrote a poem about uh, one of the most famous uh, pictures of Lovecraft, uh, a very short poem, kind of a prose poem. Uh, and I translate that into Spanish. Uh, it was a challenge because it's not, it's not easy to translate uh, poetry and it's not easy to translate his style. was was a uh, very bar Baroque style. Yeah, yeah. And I'm very happy with that, with, with the results. Uh, that one is uh, appearing in, in a Spanish magazine called the Lo Circulo de Lovecraft. Uh, it's a free uh, magazine. You can browse it in, really in, in Spanish, of course, uh, on, on the internet. Oh, nice. Now, I was going to ask you, I like to ask Lovecraft fans this question, because there's been a lot of films released over the years that are based on Lovecraft stories. Are there any that are favorites of yours? Uh, films? Um, yeah, I, I like... Um, the independent film from the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society. Uh, the, they did the Call of Cthulhu version, uh, kind of a uh, German expressionist vibe, uh, silent movie, black and white. Uh, and the, the actors of the, the light, lighting is very dramatic. Uh, yeah. And with, with, uh, with the cards and with, with the dialogue within, in cardboard cards in the middle, it's, it's great. I, I love it. And no, it's brilliant. Even when, even when the, the special effects are, you know, are, are of those days, are, it's fantastic. I, I really, really like it. Uh, there's also the, an, an old movie called Dagon. It's, uh, it's a Spanish uh, slash American movie uh, based on the Shadow of Rismuth that they, they titled Dagon. I don't know why, uh, yeah. but it, it's great. It's a bit over the top, but yeah, you know, it's 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 fun. It's a fun watch. No, it's a favorite of mine too. I always did wonder why they named it Dagon. I but because it's kind yeah, of confusing. I, have, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen most of the the most popular movie, like uh, Reanimator. Uh, haven't seen that one. I've seen it like uh, ten uh, times. It's a favorite <laughs> of mine, but it's cheesy. And you know yeah, what's funny yeah. is it's pretty accurate to the short stories he wrote. So it's okay. not like they took a lot of liberties with it. It's pretty close to. Uh, that's the something I have, I have in my list uh, to check that those one and, and also check the new one with uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, Colorado Space. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to reading. I haven't seen that either. I wanna I wanna get to watch that soon. I've I've heard uh, good things and bad things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I have to see it for myself. <laughs> yeah, it, you know the stuff doesn't always translate. It can. I don't know if anybody's made. A very faithful production. I mean, except for the shorts yeah. made by the societies, uh, like you yeah, said. The... So, so, uh, I, I hear people all the time saying, "Okay, why uh, Guillermo del Toro can't do a, a good thing with with the Mountains of Madness uh, or the Call of Cthulhu? He's the guy. He's the go-to guy for for Lovecraft. Because uh, some of the stuff that he did in Hellboy, you know, uh, yeah, is this." sort of Lovecraftian. Oh, yeah. I think he, he could do a good thing. But, you know, the monsters in Lovecraft uh, are are indescribable. <laughs> and, yeah. And how you put that into the screen. It's, good point. Uh, and and the, the horror, the real horror, the deepest horror in Lovecraft is, is the cosmic thing. The, yeah. The significance of men against the universe. Uh, and if you try to represent that with tentacles on the screen and, and people dying. Okay, it, it's hard. 
it's it's yeah. not a not not a easy task but i think Guillermo Toro will be up to up to the task but some people say okay he did uh prometheus i think he was from he, he did a prometheus movie right the, the i alien, think so uh yeah and he he spent all his lovecraftian energies on that one and yeah. he doesn't want to do i, I don't know um but I think I think in the future someone will come with with the right approach, and we will we will happy to see Rockcraft faithfully translate into the screen. I hope so. I, I hope mean, so. yeah. I'm very selfish that way, but I I, I hope somebody can do that finally. Um, outside of Lovecraft, who are your, some of your other favorite writers? Um, well, uh, I love uh, Jorge Luis Borges, the Argentinian master. Of course, um, fantasy and it's, it's amazing. He was he was a he's a hero of mine actually. Uh, well, it, but in the horror, uh, I love uh, Thomas Ligotti. I love his work. It's, it's, I, I'm a fan it's, as well. It's, yeah, great. And well, if um, the guy uh, from Basterian, Matt Cardin and and John Paget are incredible. John Paget has a book, uh, uh, The Secret to Ventriloquism. It's, yeah. Wow, it's 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 different to anything I've read before, and and it's horror, pure horror, is incredible. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, still some from time to time I, I go back to to the old uh, sci-fi in in my teens and in my twenties. I, I read a lot of sci-fi, uh, Philip Dick and Stanislav Lem. I still from time to time the the books from Stanislav Lem, the Polish sci-fi writer, um, Philip Dick, uh, Kurt Vonnegut, what else? I'm I'm probably for forgetting someone, but but yeah, that that's uh that's what I maybe all all favorites of mine as well. I, I like everything you're talking about. I, I love I just recently read John Paget um, book books and then like I've, I've been getting into his writing i think he's somebody to watch yeah legati is just i i'm i'm so impressed by legati and his work deeply moves me i i like put him on you know the same kind of pedestal that i put lovecraft on and i really mm. you, have, you have any favorite favorite from, from legati yeah um the last feast of harlequin i think is oh, just a man. masterpiece <laughs> It's a masterpiece. It's 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 very Lovecraft influenced, uh, and it's a masterpiece. And, he wrote a short and, book, a novella called "My Work Here Is Done." Oh man, that's 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 incredible. I I have that one. That's one of the few paperbacks I have from Ligotti. Uh That and and Teatro Grotesco. Yes, uh, yes. But, but uh, my work is not yet done. Has been influenced on, on me. Uh, actually, with with uh, Mike Slater, uh, we are writing some stuff that is very, very inspired by, by that one. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I write myself and I think my, my work is very much influenced by Ligotti quite a bit, especially mm -hmm. his tropes using uh, puppets. Mm -hmm. is like yeah, I read, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that story I mentioned earlier, uh, that, that short story for, for the Spanish magazine and, and it came uh, published in Bastarian. Uh, has has a drop to the the, the puppeteers, uh, the puppeteers drop as as a nod to to Ligotti. Nice. So this is the last question, and I hope it's a fun one. 
If you could hold a dinner party for up to 10 people from history or oh. from our current time, <laughs> who would you invite and what would you serve? Uh, well, <laughs> that's, that's a hard one. Uh, yeah, the thing is uh, with, with Lovecraft, Lovecraft would be uh, one, of, one of the persons invited to the table. Uh, but for, for writing my, my book, I did a lot of pre-work preparation and I studied Lovecraft's uh, own uh, culinary and food preferences. Um, and I should probably to do a, a diner party for 10 people, I should do the same for all the, all the guests. So it would be complicated. Perhaps, okay, let's, let's everybody go to a restaurant, uh, my treat. <laughs> everybody can order what they want. Uh, but yeah, I could invite some of the writers I, I mentioned. Uh, yeah, just don't, just don't take them to a seafood restaurant. <laughs> yeah, no, not seafood, of course. Yeah, and and then well, ice cream for dessert for right, the right. Craft. Yeah, he was a fan of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think he'd so be that, happy with all the ice cream we have nowadays. He'd be over the moon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. One uh, one of one of the stories in, in my book deals with with that. Uh, I, I don't think if you you read that one yet. Yeah, no, uh, I think I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, he was a fan of ice cream, and I I did a riff on on that too. <laughs> okay, it was. It, I'm glad it, you it, mentioned it, that because you inspired me to get an ice cream maker. A, uh, a machine to make ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Your your chapter, that chapter you just mentioned, you you inspired me to get an ice cream maker. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I I I don't have a. The, and I, I'm not interested in make my own ice cream. Uh, I, I can make my own pizza, but ice cream, I go to the, to the two or three shops that I'm favorite. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I like to make pizza too. Ice cream is interesting because I've made it before and you could fail badly with it. It's like one of those things <laughs> like you do well or it's crap. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> so, middle, no middle term. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but you have to, you have to have a, a good machine and a good freezer to get yeah. the machine running into the freezer. I don't have that. Uh, so okay, that, what, the day when when we want ice cream, we we'll go to the ice cream shop and get yeah. and get our own fla fa favorite flavors. <laughs> I really appreciate talking to you, and I want to thank you for oh, taking the time to talk to me. It's been it really a wonderful. Maybe we could have a, a kind of group talk with uh, you and uh, Mike Slater, and we could uh, talk sometime. Great, great. We we recently did that uh, with uh, the podcast from uh, Innsmouth Writing Circle. Uh, they have a podcast called the Innsmouth Book Club, and we recently did an interview, a joint interview. Uh, Rob Poyton, the the editor, made a, an interview with Mike and I. Uh, the the whole uh, shtick of the podcast podcast is uh, they every week they take a bus and uh, and a visit to Innsmouth. And nice. they, every, 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 every week they interview someone, some author or, or <laughs> performer uh, that is an Innsmouth denizen, you know. And for that one, we, we were, uh, Mike and I were the diner owners and, and cooks. And that, <laughs> that was the, the story around. And it, it was really fun. Uh, I will send you the link if you want to listen to it. Oh, please. I would love that. Thank you. All right, well, thank you very much. I'm going to sign off now, but I really enjoyed getting a chance to talk to you. Thank you for having me. It was, was a pleasure. It was really, really fun, really thought-provoking questions.
I want to thank you for joining me with the wonderful conversation with Miguel Flieger, the author of Cooking with Lovecraft. It was a wonderful conversation, and I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I look forward to talking to Miguel again someday soon. Next week, we are having the owners, Donna and Julia of Five Feline Farm, which is a wonderful farm with quite a presence online and social media. I look forward to talking to them and sharing the conversation with you. Until then, keep cooking.